0: Just between us. Hey.
1: Just between us. Hey. Hello! I'm Allison Raskin. I'm a writer, director, and excessive burper.
0: Hi, I'm Gabby Dunn, and I'm a writer, bycon, bisexual icon week, and roller coaster enthusiast. Ooh, I hate a roller coaster. I know, it's almost like we are an odd couple. (laughs) For people listening for the first time, we're different.
1: But also, different.
0: (laughs) That would be a fun tagline. They're different, and also different. Different. I can imagine you don't like roller coasters. No, I don't like to be afraid. That's okay, but it's kind of fun to be afraid. No, 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 don't like it, one bit. Not even like horror or anything? Nope. Nope. No, you like horror. You liked the OA. I was mesmerized by the OA.
1: But I, that's like, I don't like the feeling of fear. Like, I don't like jump scares or falling or anything like that.
0: Oh, I, why do I need it in my life? We can touch on that
1: later now that I'm <laughs> getting my master's in clinical psychology. Exactly. At, at some point, we will circle back to this. <laughs> this is just between us, a variety show filled with heartfelt advice. Ridiculous games. And brutal honesty. What's going on? I was listening to another podcast today about how much people care about other people's opinions about stuff. Oh, I don't care at all. No, but listen. So that's why I'm making this plea to please give us a review. Um, oh. <laughs> because it's, it, it's so true. Like the more reviews that we have on this podcast, the more other people will be like, wow, I got to check this thing out.
0: Yeah, totally. I think the reviews are for other people. The reviews are not for me, Gabby Dunn. What do you mean? Like, okay, this is going to sound bad. Uh, I've never read a review of anything I've ever done.
1: I mean, that's not true. Maybe not in the last couple of years, but you have.
0: I've never read, I've never read like a negative review or like looked at the reviews of this show or the reviews of Bad With Money ever.
1: Okay, but you're limiting it to your podcast. You've read reviews of other things.
0: Uh, Books, but if if it's negative, if it seems like it might be negative, I don't. Because my thing is like, uh, it's none of my business what other people think about me. <laughs> okay. That's a RuPaul quote, and and RuPaul also says, uh, if they're not paying your bills, pay them no mind.
1: What if like you are actively hurting people, you don't care?
0: Um, well, what do you mean? Like if people write into me and they're like, "Hey, this depiction of such and such type of person is negative,"
1: or like. Writing it, and they're saying like this thing that you said really hurt my feelings because you're you know you have you're racist or sexist or oh
0: like that's different than someone being like yeah 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 so this is something we got to parse out criticism versus uh, I just don't like this thing right like if someone has legitimate criticism. Absolutely. But people who are just like, I don't care for this show. I'm like, that's great. I don't care for everything that I consume. And then I just stop consuming it. I don't tell the person I don't care for it. Like if someone doesn't like the show, I can't take it personally or expect that everyone is going to like everything I make because I don't like everything that I see.
1: Imagine if every time you stopped watching a TV show, you sent them a letter. Oh, yeah. And you're like, sorry, you guys, uh, you really lost me in episode three of Watchmen.
0: But people do that. (laughs) I know. People do that. And that's the thing is that I kind of have come to a place as a creator and as a consumer where I'm like, not everything is for me. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. And also, like, I I can't, like, if someone's like, I don't particularly like uh, the Bad With Money book. I'm like, All right. Then it wasn't for you. Like, I don't I think I used to internalize a lot of that stuff. And now I just am like, yeah, I don't like every book I read either. So it's not personal that you don't like my thing. Yeah, that's a very healthy way to approach it. Well, like if you read a negative review of this podcast, would you be like, oh, no, I'm I have to change this whole podcast and stop doing it because so and so said so. It would depend what the note was, like we said. Well, yeah, but I just mean, right, if the note was like something about our content, but if the note was just like, I don't care for it. Yeah, I'd be like, me neither.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We've got a great episode for you guys this week.
0: Uh, We're going to be talking to Nagin Farsad of the Fake the Nation podcast all about our 2020 candidates.
1: And later on, we'll be discussing
0: kindness
1: and why it's so important.
0: And what we can do to increase it in our lives. Perfect topic after 2020
1: candidates. (laughs) But first, hit it! International question! International question! International question! Megan, Canada, the entire
0: country. Oh, lovely. All of Canada? I guess. Maybe she's moved around a bunch. I love Vancouver, Toronto, Montreal, all great cities.
1: They're happy to have your support.
0: Just as I work for the Canadian Tourism Bureau, and uh, I'm just here to let you guys know, visit Canada.
1: (laughs) Uh, Megan wants to know, how do I balance friendships with my relationship? Oof. She gives some more specifics about her situation. She says, I've been dating my girlfriend for five months, and we see each other every day. I'm finishing up my last semester in college, and she graduated last year. Ever since we started dating, my best friend, who is also my roommate, has felt like I haven't been spending enough time with her. Mm. Um, Before this relationship, my best friend and I were extremely codependent and barely had lives outside of each other. Mm. So I think the fact that we're spending less time together is a good thing. Also, my friend doesn't actually make plans to hang out with me because we live together. She just expects me to be at home waiting for her like I used to because I never used to go out much. Mm. People have told me to make sure I don't abandon my friends for my relationship. And although I'm trying my best to balance these two important people in my life, I'm struggling between feeling guilty that I'm around less and feeling like I feel like my friend is now just finding out she's not entitled to my time.
0: Yes. Okay, so two things going on here. One Sometimes people think that you don't have to make time to hang out with your roommates, but you absolutely do. You can't take for granted that you guys are just going to be, if you guys are friends, you can't take for granted that they're just going to be home waiting for you. If your friend who's your roommate really, really wants to see you, uh, make a plan to go out to dinner or do something special, just the two of you. You can't uh, feel like the expectation of like, well, they'll be at home when I'm home. That's one thing that I want to say. The other thing is, is that I don't think you're um, being a bad friend. I think sometimes things get really hard when one person in the friendship starts being in a relationship and the other person in the friendship is single. Because it is much easier to be friends when you're both in relationships or both single.
1: I think that it is a difficult conundrum to figure out what is the right balance. And mm-hmm. I've definitely spent a lot of time thinking about this because especially like once you live with your partner, you, you really have to make an effort to like see your friends because you're not going to like be lonely if mm-hmm. you don't see them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I right now in my life, I'm like figuring out like, okay, what, what is like too reliant on my partner and what is like a normal, healthy, like how actual adults live. Yeah. Because if I think about, like, my parents, my parents weren't, like, going out multiple times a week to hang out with their friends. Right, right, right. (laughs) But, like, they still, like, maintained, uh, you know, friendships and communication. But it is this really big adjustment, especially, I think, for a lot of people going from their 20s to their 30s where, like, their entire social life and, and, like, connection were their friends to now potentially being, like, one primary partner.
0: Yeah. Well, it's also, like, you don't need to bring your partner to everything. I had... Some female friends over for, like, a little get-together. And one of the girls was like, oh, that's so fun. Can I?" And it wasn't explicitly a girls' night. But they were like, "Uh, can I bring my partner, their boyfriend? And I was like, (sighs) and I, like, didn't feel like I could say no. And the boyfriend's fine. But I, like, didn't feel like I could say no, don't bring your boyfriend. But then later, my friends were like, you absolutely could have said don't bring your boyfriend. But part of it is also, like okay, but don't you want to have time with just your friends? Like, why do you feel obligated to always be with your partner? I had to become aware of, too, like, you don't always need to bring your, your partner to to this.
1: But again, that's another balance where I feel like in previous relationships, I would never bring my partner. Mm-hmm. And now it's nice to be able to sometimes.
0: Yes. It, it, yes. But I think sometimes your friends want to see you. And what was interesting is, like, I had one friend who... I was like, hey, you want a double date with our partners? And she was like, actually, I I just want to hang out with you alone. Like, can we just go get coffee by ourselves? And I super appreciated that because I was mm-hmm. like, yes, of course, obviously. Like, we we need to talk like real friends without – you know, obviously we're talking like real friends, but like – you know, not as much as we would maybe not in front of our partners. Um, and so I don't think it's unfair when you're trying to balance friendship and relationships to like ask for what you want or need. If yeah. someone says, can I bring my boyfriend and you don't really want them to, you can say that if somebody is if you suggest like, hey, how about we double date? But you really actually your friend is like, actually, I just want to hang out with you alone. Like, that's valid, too.
1: And I think it's important to make sure that like maybe you're not spending as much time time with your friends but to make sure that they still feel emotionally supported by you yes that you're still checking in on them that you're still like up to date on what's going on in their lives like yes you might not hang out with them four times a week anymore but like you know if they have that job interview following up like how did that go or if they're visiting their family and they have a tough relationship with their mom remembering to check in and be like i hope you're doing okay you know so i think as we get older it's not necessarily like time served but you can definitely maintain like the emotional connection
0: yeah I mean it's also hard when someone feels that they are entitled to your time or they're not happy for you like I would think that maybe it would feel shitty to be happy in a relationship and then to have someone that's so close to you not be ecstatic for you Like not be so happy for you, not be like, oh, my God, I'm so glad you have someone who you love and who's treating you kindly. You know what I mean? Like that feels that sucks. That's not a friend who's like supportive. That's like remember like our our two friends that we have where like one of them only likes if the other one's miserable. Mm -hmm. That sucks.
1: But also I think that Megan is pretty young and like, you know. It's a big change. You know, you, Megan had a big change in her life that was positive, but her roommate best friend had a big change in her life that's negative. Mm-hmm. And, like, keeping that in mind and keeping that perspective.
0: Yeah, that uh-huh. the friend is feeling you know, abandoned. Yeah, and that that's,
1: like, valid, and it sucks. And I don't think that necessarily means that your friend doesn't want you to be happy, but, like, her day-to-day life changed significantly. Could you all hang out together? You know, I'll ask Megan. I'm not sure.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it also could be that... Your last semester in college means that, like, your friend is already thinking that you're going to be apart, you know? Is already worried about that. In all friendships at all
1: times, it's it's healthy and good to let the other person know how much they mean to you. hmm And, like, you can do that during a time when you're seeing them all the time. You can do that during a time when you haven't seen them in a while. But it really goes a long way to, like, vocalize the importance of the relationship.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's been interesting because... My partner is long distance, and I've become close with this girl, and, like, she's single, and so we are able to, like, hang out all the time. But then when um, Mal was in town, it was actually really great because the three of us hung out a lot. And that actually became super nice, and, and it turned out that they liked each other, which was such a relief. yeah. <laughs> So I, you know, maybe have your girlfriend and your friend spend more time together with the three of you and, like, hopefully they'll get along, you know?
1: Yeah, I also think it's probably not a great sign if your partner doesn't get along with your friends. Yeah, that's a a test. And we've touched on that before. So, you know, I think if, like, there's a strain because it's, like, your friends don't like your partner, then that's, like, something to examine. But for the most part, it's probably just making sure that you're making everybody feel cared for, which... Can be a little exhausting, but honestly, the benefits of friendship are so high that it's, like, worth putting in the work.
0: And I hope that your girlfriend understands that you are allowed to have friends, you know? Sometimes partners are like, no, you're my partner, so you're with me every day.
1: Jake says I'm only allowed to have
0: two friends. He's like, two friends only, and I choose who they are. I'm one of them. Um, No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. <laughs> one is me and one is sugar. End of list. He's actually been like,
1: go, go see her alone. I'm sure she wants to see you alone. So it's really nice. Yeah,
0: I like when partners are sort of like, you know what? I'm not. I'm not the uh, the thing that people want here right now. <laughs> I'm not the main attraction. Yeah, exactly.
1: Well, hopefully that helped, Megan. Um, good luck to all of you. I think I think you're going to get through this. If you want to submit your international question, send it to JustBetweenUsPod at gmail.com. That's JustBetweenUsPod at gmail.com.
0: Up next, we've got a juicy interview with our highly esteemed guest, Nagin Farsad of Fake the Nation.
1: Woo! It's just been sweet. Each month, the editorial team reads through hundreds of new titles. They pick some of the best new books for you to choose from. All the books are good, so you can't go wrong. Every aspect of the Book of the Month experience is designed to be fun and special for readers. They have a highly anticipated release at the beginning of each month. Books are delivered in this really adorable bright blue box, and there's a fun app to help you pick your book and track your reading process. They also offer great values on new release hardcover fiction. It's much cheaper than other. Other options. Shipping is always free. And with a loyalty program, you get rewards and even lower prices the longer you stay as a member. My first book from Book of the Month was The Husbands by Holly Gramazio. I am tearing through this book. It is so fun. It's basically about this woman who one day comes home and there's a husband in her apartment and she's like, where did you come from? And then she figures out that every time her new husband goes into the attic, a new husband comes out and she's, she's like shuffling through all these different husbands from the attic trying to figure out which one is the best. It is right up my alley and I love it so much. So if you want to take part in book of the month and have a brand new book shipped right to your door every single month, go to bookofthemonth.com and get your first book for $5 with code PEDALS. That's $5 off with code PEDALS. I cannot recommend this enough. With Mother's Day around the corner, are you thinking about a truly special gift for your mom? let me tell you all about mylifeinabook.com. It's a unique service that turns your mom's life stories into a beautiful book. Pretty cool, right? Here's how it works. Every week, mylifeinabook.com will send her a question via email. These can be pre-written questions about her life or any custom questions you wish to ask. And then she can either type her response or use their voice to text feature. And mylifeinabook.com compiles all her responses into a beautiful keepsake book. And guess what? They can even create an audiobook using her voice recordings. It's like preserving her voice and her stories for eternity. Imagine discovering stories about her youth, adventures, and the challenges she overcame. This book becomes a legacy, something you and future generations can treasure forever. Your mom's given you a lifetime of stories. just between us it's time for the juiciest
0: most scandalous controversial segment known to all of podcasting tough questions today on the show we have nagin farsad uh who is the host of fake the nation hello nagin oh my god hi (laughs) okay so can you tell our audience about your expertise and about what fake the nation is about I mean, expertise is a strong word for whatever it is I might have, but I'll tell you about the
2: show, which is basically a political comedy roundtable where me and a rotating cast of comedians kvetch about the news every week and about politics and, and about some light social
1: going-ons. Have you always been interested in politics? Yeah. Oh, my
2: God. Ever since I was a kid, I one of my earliest memory is I was like uh, watching the the nightly news with my parents like I was maybe four. And I remember like watching like the 630 p.m. like national news. And, uh, you know, I was bored by it and I hated it, but I was also like paying attention. You know what I mean? <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I, I've, I've always been interested. And then, uh, you know, and I wanted to be uh, the first Muslim president of the United States. Um, and Barack Obama beat me to it Uh
0: oh my god that was a good that was a good little slick burn (laughs) (laughs) for a second I was like he's Muslim (laughs) (laughs) kidding world he's not Muslim or is he but also you worked before all of this comedy stuff you worked in policy or things like that right yeah, I was a policy advisor for the city of New York in campaign finance. Woo! Uh,
2: I got a dual master's degree, one in, in public policy and the other one in um, African-American studies, whatever, because you need both to be a comedian. <laughs> and, right, of course. <laughs> and yeah, so I, I was very serious about it. I interned for Hillary Clinton. I interned for Charlie Rangel. Like, I was very serious about it. What happened? You know, I was really serious about all of that, but I was also very serious every night going out and doing stand up and writing sketch shows and performing in plays and just like you name it. I did. I did mime, guys. I'm not ashamed to admit it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask if your comedy, if your comedy was political.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think from the very beginning there, you know, I dipped my toes into political stuff. And then I think the other weird thing that happens when you're just like, you know, like an ethnic gal comic as I am, I would do jokes about my mom or whatever, and everybody does bits about their family. I mean, that's... That's just like comedy 101. And um, because I'm I'm Iranian and Muslim, people would just be like, oh, you know, that's so brave that you're (laughs) you're doing this political. It's so brave. And I was like, "Um, I just literally talked about how I told my mom that I might have an STD that wasn't very political. But just mentioning that you're Mm -hmm. Muslim and Iranian or whatever sounded political to people. So so I was just branded as a like a political comic early on, even when I wasn't doing anything political.
1: Did you feel pigeonholed by that or did you kind of lean into it? Well, you know, I cl- created
2: this distinction that I wasn't a political comic. I was more of like a just social justice comic mm-hmm. because I, it's not about being partisan for me. I mean, although we all, like I am so obviously on the left, but you know, I wasn't sitting there doing jokes about like Mitch McConnell's chins or whatever, you know? What I'm talking about are just like things that are justice or not justice. You know mm-hmm. what I mean, and there's no partisanship in that.
1: Speaking of partisanship, we wanted to to get down into- Dirty with you about some of the 2020 candidates, if you'll let us. Oh my gosh. Okay, let's do it. (laughs) I feel like you probably are even more well versed in this than us, but how would you describe the differences between our top four contenders right now, which I think we can agree is Biden, Bernie, Warren, and Buttigieg? Right.
2: I think that, you know, a lot of people do this, right? They kind of put Biden, Buttigieg, and Klobuchar. Oh, you didn't even mention Klobuchar, but I'm throwing, throwing her in throw she's her made in. a really
1: valiant show. It's a like we're the New York show. Times. Let's throw everyone in.
0: <laughs> yeah, let's have Klobuchar in there. Why not? Even though she looks exactly like my mother and I, it freaks me out every time. But does it make you want to vote for her more? No, I'm scared. <laughs> There's a lot going on psychologically. Multiple people have texted I me to be like, that. Amy Klobuchar looks like your mom. And I'm like, I don't need this.
2: <laughs> I love that. Um, Well, by the way, A.B. Klobuchar is maybe my mom's favorite. Talk about moms. Really?
1: Okay. How does that make you you feel? I'll I'll
2: tell you. (laughs) So the thing with, like, Klobuchar, Buttigieg, and Biden is they sort of, they're all, like, sturdy people who can maybe expand Obamacare in an interesting way without... Um, which is what Medicare for all who wanted is essentially is an ex- is is just like a, a sturdification. I keep using the word sturdy. What is happening to me? But it's a sturdification of Obamacare, if you will. And uh, I, you know, and I think they're like everybody says they're like pretty good, middle of the road candidates. Like there's nothing wrong with them. I I do think you know that Joe Biden is is an older gentleman. You know, he may not be able to like bridge the generational divide as well as I hope that he could. You know. Um I think Pete Buttigieg is sort of lacking in like a defining like set of policy proposals, you know. Um,
1: well, he's just kind of seeing what gap there is and then trying to fill it, I feel like.
2: Yeah. And, I, you know, if you see him on the debate stage, he's sort of like never answers anything very specifically. You know, he's a good speaker, but there's just not as much content in in the words, you know. So he's really good with rhetoric and making you feel good. But, you know, I'm just not like moved by him. I think Amy Klobuchar, I mean, Klobuchar has a list of, I don't know, dozens. I can't remember the number of her list of actions that she could take um, by executive order. So not even seeking any kind of cooperation with Congress. Actions that she would take by executive order on day one. And I think that's she's kind of one of these ladies that's like she going to be proactive. You know, she's going to walk in and start working on day one. And you can tell. Right. Mm
0: -hmm. My my partner, though, says that Klobuchar is kind of like, hey, look, there's not a whole lot we can change. All right. Uh, You know, but I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not here to make you huge promises, but I'll never lie to you. (laughs) Things will stay (laughs) moderately fine. (laughs) Like, that's like where we're at with her. Right. I mean, I would
2: say, does she want to like rejoin the Paris Climate Accord? Does she want to, you know, does she want to expand uh, Obamacare? You know, those kinds of things like she wants those things. So I think part of it is like, even the people on the middle like Klobuchar are moved a little bit to the left by people like Elizabeth Warren. Mm-hmm. And Bernie Sanders, right? Mm-hmm. So those are the—that's like the other side of this coin. Are the you know these are the big thinkers and 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 dreamers. Now I would say that Bernie Sanders is a guy that has a lot of these ideas that he hasn't actually given a lot of concrete examples of how he's going to pay for them or how he's going to implement them.
0: I would hope slash the defense budget. Well, people aren't going to like that, but that's what I want. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah,
2: that's like. For an after-election conversation, why don't we politicize the defense budget? We really don't. Right. You know, people talk about it like it's just a given, um, but it shouldn't be. And that's and I agree. Like we should talk about slashing it and where can those money, where can that money go? Um, Elizabeth Warren. And I just, I'm just going to be fully honest with you guys. I'm in the bag for Elizabeth Warren. Uh, there's a reason they call her like, you know, that that her tagline is like, I have a plan for that because she literally has a plan for everything. She's thought about every aspect of this job and wh- what she would do with it. And I'm so moved by her wealth tax. Like people talk about income inequality being a problem. And here's like a concrete solution mm-hmm. um, to try and uh, squelch income inequality. Um, she doesn't, you know, take corporate money, No high-dollar donors. Um, She doesn't do closed-door fundraising events. Um, She has a student loan debt plan, which I think is fantastic because it's like people are so saddled with student loans. Um, And that's how they're starting out their lives. You know, they're starting out their lives with like tens of thousands, of hundreds of thousands sometimes of student loans. She has a universal child care program. Oh, and here's another one, a big one, and I feel like she's maybe one of the only people talking about this. Um, She's talking about breaking up big tech. Like, she recognizes that Mm -hmm. There are monopolies happening right now in the tech world. Places like Amazon... And they're ridiculous. Why does Amazon
0: sell us literally every aspect of life? That and they pay zero sense. They pay zero in federal taxes. And they pay zero in taxes. Which fucking kills probably, me. They're probably one of the
2: biggest polluters because everything is door to door. So, I, you know, she's like looking at things like that in a very specific way. And because we've seen her, you know, put together the campaign, uh, sorry, the um, Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, I feel like we know that she can do it because she's got the kind of temperament for the boring stuff which Mm -hmm. is the details.
1: Right. Yeah.
2: Uh, And that's what I've always wanted. I've wanted someone who can... Explain things to me clearly, which she can, and then actually get things done with details, which she obviously can't. Her her brain is like a series of spreadsheets that what on which she will take action. You know what I mean? How
0: do you feel about people who? I, I'm also to be totally transparent. I'm an LGBTQ advocate for Warren officially for the campaign. Thank you so much. Um, oh my god! Well done. Thank you. Uh, and uh, but how do you feel about people who say, well, she was a Republican until the 80s. She's very into capitalism, you know, that whole uh, rigmarole. I, you know, yeah, she's called herself like a cheerful capitalist or whatever. Um, I mean, I don't care that
2: she was a Republican.
1: Also, it was very different to be Republican in the 80s. Oh yeah,
2: yeah. And she's obviously a, like a learned person, and you know, and she changed her mind at some point. I mean, whatever, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, even like, I don't fault Bernie for having been independent, but you know, but then what? Running as a Democrat, I don't, really don't care about that. I mean, I'm just looking at his policies, and his policies fall within the big tent of the Democratic Party. You know, um, and, you know, and I know that a lot of people love Bernie, uh, and I and I don't, you know, again, I, I don't have any problems with him. I don't have any problems with any of these candidates. I would gleefully vote for any of them. Including Tom Steyer.
1: So, what do you think of this phenomenon where people aren't voting for who they like the best? They're trying to figure out who is the most likely to win.
2: Oh my god, I hate it. I hate, I hate it hate so it much, so much. Guys, what are we doing? Like, this is the part. The primaries are where we're supposed to live our best selves. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And we're supposed to be like, no, no, no. The literally the Democratic ideal, and I mean that as the Democratic Party ideal. Is embodied by who in your mind? Who is it embodied by? Like the the things that you believe in. Who embodies that? You know. And it's okay. Like, hey, any of these answers, any of these names are fine. But just vote for that person. Um, and everyone's like, yeah. But you know, realistically, look, he's going to come up with some dumb nickname for whoever it is. He's going to be really annoying about whoever it is. He's going to make it difficult. I mean, the fun thing about running against Donald Trump is that he's fundamentally like not smart. He's mm-hmm. <laughs> not like it's funny because I'm not sure why anyone's worried about the specific person that goes up against him. It's it's kind of, I think, gonna be the same thing for everybody. They well, will outdo him in debates by having actual substance. I mean any one of these Democratic nominees, candidates would completely talk over his head in a debate scenario and win a debate because all he can do is say, you're the puppet or whatever he said last time. You know, like he doesn't really have very much to actually say except for nicknames and and weird hovering by podiums. Um, I think that
1: there are a couple key things that are a big deal in the couple key swing states, though. So like fracking, right? Like Biden's kind of one of the only ones who— doesn't want to completely get rid of fracking. And so there are people in Pennsylvania who would vote for Biden happily. But if it was Bernie or Warren, they would either not vote or vote for Trump. Right.
2: I mean, I don't know what the numbers are. Like, how many voters are we talking about are actually affected by the fracking industry? Like, but I think that
1: just the fact that people hear that. They're not right. like thinking about the actual numbers of how many people are involved in fracking. They're like, oh, well, we have to, we have we to have pivot to, to these these fracking people, you know, even right. if they're just a small minority in one swing state. And I think that that's just another example of how horrible the electoral college
2: is. I was
0: gonna say, get rid of the electoral college, please. Oh my god! Since literally
2: the morning after the 2016 election, I've been talking about uh, the National Popular Vote Interstate Compact, and please, please, it go. You must go to your state legislature and and demand that that bill be brought to your, you know, if, if we have enough states, then we can override the electoral college and we don't need to amend the Constitution. So let's
1: do it. Oh, that I didn't even know that. Can you explain that for me and our listeners? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: So the National Popular Vote Interstate Compact is basically a compact among states that says if the equivalent of 270 electoral votes worth of states joins this compact, they will all decide to give their electoral votes to the popular vote winner of the national election, Oh, Uh, so if they do that, then they'll always then they'll get the 270. And that means the popular vote will win the national election. So it's basically a reach. It's like a workaround to um, amending the Constitution.
0: And you're able to like go to your your legislature and say that you're pro that. Yeah, because there's uh, several states of the union that have already
2: joined the compact. And um, and you can basically, uh, you know, you should be demanding that your legislatures take this up as a vote. See, that's like not
1: even well publicized, I feel like.
2: No. And it's, uh, and it's funny. Multiple states, though, are already in it. We're close to having this happen. So definitely – Definitely look into it. Google it immediately. You know, we don't need that many more
0: states to make this a reality.
1: I wonder how hard people are in the Republican Party working to not let people know about this.
0: (laughs) Right? And they're, like, doing that and gerrymandering. Right. So, obviously, like, we ended up with four white frontrunners. Cool. Now, I've heard some people say— well, I'm not going to vote for another candidate if it's not Bernie. And then people are like, that's terrifying. And then the response is, well, better make Bernie the nominee then. Otherwise, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, right, right. They're, they're trying to threaten
2: everybody. Into yeah, voting for Bernie. Um, yeah, that, you know, the interesting thing is like, so in 2016, I really thought that that was like just a ridiculous, like notion that, that Bernie voters wouldn't vote for uh, Hillary Clinton. Um you know, Hillary Clinton won the election, as we know, by three million votes Um 3 million additional votes, which means Donald Trump lost the election by 6 million votes. Um, I think there's still like this weird thing that happens to, I don't know, and this is, again, this is purely anecdotal, but I feel like if I ever post something that's like in favor of Elizabeth Warren, and again, I'm in the bag for Edubs. but I don't care like if, if someone else is supporting some another candidate like Buttigieg or whatever, I'm not trying to go onto their, you know, Instagram and then like, you know, and say like, why are you supporting them? Buttigieg, blah, 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 blah. But I feel like that still happens a little bit with Bernie supporters. There's this like, almost they like are like just looking for positive posts about other candidates so that they could go in there and comment. And, um, I just don't think that we need it. You know what I mean? Like, let your candidate run on
0: the merits. Let your candidate run on the merits. It's fine. To them, I believe they feel that it is life or death. And so they feel justified and that they have to, which uh, is not is not untrue. Yeah. And it's okay. Like, you can support whoever,
2: support them, be proud about it, post about it. You don't need to troll other people and they're supporting, you know, it's um, it just doesn't help. It like makes people really upset. It like You know, um, I think the the strangest thing about the Bernie supporters is that they're very sensitive about Elizabeth Warren. And it's weird that they would be Bernie or bust when Elizabeth is in the race because she's such a close person you know, a lot of her policies bear so much resemblance to Bernie's. You know what I mean? And the fact of the matter is a lot of these guys have very similar policies, you know?
1: Well, I think that's where the sexism comes in.
2: Right. I mean, and I'm not going to pretend like the fact that, that she's a woman doesn't play a role. Like I, you know, it's, I feel like I get attacked when I do bring up the sexism, but she's you know, she was asked about it on a debate stage, you know. Um she I think it comes up probably in her life every single day. So it it is an issue.
1: If if you even look back to twenty sixteen, everyone who was like, Oh, I wish Elizabeth Warren was running and now that she's running, it's suddenly like, Ah, oh, I just don't like her.
0: Yeah. I mean there's also stuff like you see people sort of legitimately being upset about the Native American Of it all, which I think there are legitimate criticisms of each person, you know, Biden definitely does not handle sexual harassment correctly or all these sorts of things. And then, you know, I've seen uh, like there was a whole thing where this prominent writer uh, gave money to Buttigieg and uh, was basically booted off of Twitter by leftist people who were more leftist, who were Uh, Like canceling her essentially for giving money to Buttigieg. Yes, all of these things matter for sure individually during the primary. But we are like giving ammo to the other side to attack then during the general.
2: Yeah, no I, I I agree it I think we're we're so we're really good at cancel culturing ourselves. And, yeah. Um and and it's not necessarily a skill set that we need to be utilizing right now. <laughs>
0: totally. And a lot, and of course like on the debate, you know, I'm for Warren but like On the debate stage, I think that there and in terms of criticism of his voice, you know, the stuff against Bernie, a lot of it is anti-Semitism. Like we can absolutely agree that like multiple things are going on at once. But like in the end, we got to fucking work together. And can I
2: just say one thing about the woman thing, which is that, like, we have already voted a woman into office. Again, I I cannot stress Mm -hmm. how important it is to recognize (laughs) that she literally did win the popular vote. So we are ready for a woman. We can handle a woman. And it just so happens that there are not one but two obscenely capable women who are running this time around. And so um, I just don't even know why it's... uh, it's an issue. It, and, and, and the electability question is really nine times out of 10, just a veiled way of saying, um, it, can a woman win? And uh, and I think that there's something, you know, about Bernie Sanders that worries me is that is this use of the term democratic socialism. I personally give no fucks about that term i'm fine with it um i just worry that it'll be used uh like really strongly against it's him. a scare and tactic yeah it's a. it could be used as a scare tactic and so um if you want to talk about electability i guess that's something to think about although again i think it's garbage electability is garbage if bernie's your guy fantastic vote for him if elizabeth your guy vote for her like we shouldn't be thinking about that
1: So you said earlier that you would like happily vote for any of them, right? Like Biden or Buttigieg. I would vote for Biden or Buttigieg, but I I wouldn't necessarily do so happily. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Like, I,
1: I feel like their policies are significantly different and will continue the country not as severely in a way that is negative, but... Trump has done so much damage that I feel like we need like an overhaul of the system. And that is something that neither of those candidates even want to do or tackle.
2: Right. Right. I think about the Paris Climate Accord a lot. And I think about climate change and Greta and shit like that basically all the time. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things I think about in terms of like happily voting for any of them is that I know that they would get us back on track with with climate change any of them and so that I and so I would put all of my heart into voting for them and supporting their candidacies and you know and and adding my boots my be booted feet on the ground <laughs> to uh, to canvas for them or whatever it is um, and so I think that's something that kind of like
1: outweighs yeah, the other policies outweighs the other stuff Right. it
2: really does um because that is like we're like facing a cataclysmic problem mm-hmm. um a- a already and then another 4 years of the donny administration just makes it you know more cataclysmic yeah we need to get <laughs> you know?
0: we need to get just basically back on track like just e- even a modicum of back on track because exactly this is unprecedented garbage where it's just like we've we've lost I mean I'm concerned we're never going to get it back my concern is like even if we elect a democrat so much damage has been done that we're never going to be able to get back to the like honor and prestige that we once we helped. once had. I know. Can I mean? Hopefully,
2: hopefully we can look at the international community of nations and just be like, guys, can we just do a do-over? <laughs> so sorry about that. It was like a four-year just minor aneurysm, but it's cleared up and we're good to go. Where's that climate accord? You know, yeah. uh, that's what I'm hoping. It, it is. It's asking a lot of like geopolitical memory mm-hmm. to ask them to forget about this <laughs> scene um, because we've really, we've not just lost, you know, we've lost our credibility on really m- big and small things. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? People trade, really boring, nobody wants to talk about it, but, it's a it the, the, the fundamental engine of commerce, right? Um, we've lost credibility because we've been so unbelievably volatile with our trade wars. Um, and, uh, you know, China's just been a taste of that. It's c- going to continue with other countries.
1: Do you think that the vice president pick will have any big influence or not really?
2: You know, it's interesting. I feel like at the end of the day, you know, VP picks they're exciting they're newsworthy they kind of help keep the momentum going of an election I don't know that they really drive voters I think Mm -hmm. some you know I think they might assure some some fringe elements of a you know voting electorate like maybe Pence was a good pick you know for Trump because then the evangelist could be like okay well you know he's got Pence so that's not bad you know he's like he's a he's a multiple time adultering you know philanderer uh And you know with sex sexual um assault assault allegations allegations.
0: but this guy calls his wife mother so here we go
2: yeah so let's go with that um so i think there are some you know some populations that might be buoyed by a vp pick um I think it would be a real shame if there was just two men on the ticket. I'll mm-hmm. say that. Um, but that said, I don't, you know, I'm not like a, hey, tokenism, throw a woman in there. And I'm fine. You know what? I'm not fine. <laughs> like,
0: the the candidate should be a woman. Anyway. And also Sarah Palin. We have to every day remember Sarah Palin. <laughs> yeah, remember Sarah Palin. RSP.
2: She was just like a big immediate like media frenzy and then it was like the worst yeah
1: Yeah. i wonder if with biden him picking uh like a younger woman or someone that would incentivize a young vote could actually matter because i don't yeah i don't think he's really riling up the kids
2: I got to be honest, especially with older candidates. I mean, I wonder, I mean, I've never really thought about VPs as like actually being a heartbeat away from the presidency. But when you're dealing with an older candidate, Mm -hmm. um, maybe that's something that really, okay, well, you know what? At any time, like, you know, there could be a medical issue and the
0: VP has to take over. um, That's really something to think about. Julian Castro, everyone. My my love, my second choice for a while who... Sadly is no more, but we I just want to bring up Julian Castro.
1: <laughs> um, thank you for everything that you've said. But most importantly, would you like to play a game show?
0: Oh my God, I would love to.
1: Okay, great. This has no bearings on um, the future of America, but I think it's equally as important as what we were discussing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, great.
1: Uh, so this is America's favorite game show. It's called Hypotheticals. It's a series of hypothetical scenarios that I'll tell you and Gabby, our two contestants. You can ask me any questions you want and then um, give me your answers of what you would do in those situations. And then I arbitrarily decide if I like your answer. <laughs> all right <laughs> awesome so our first game is america's absolute favorite game show would you stay with this cheater you find out your partner of three and a half years has been creating fake news to sway the 2020 election in the democrats favor it seems to be working would you stay with this cheater they also drunkenly made out with a male person while you were out of town but it was a one-time incident wait while they were <laughs>
0: delivering the mail
1: yeah, real quick.
2: Just like, like, <laughs> ding dong, the door opens, little
0: making out, and then the door closes, and that's it.
1: Yeah, because they delivered a package your partner had really
0: been excited about. They absolutely delivered a package. Am I right, ladies? Hey! Okay, I'm sorry. So they've been making fake news to help the Democrats win? Yeah. I love that.
1: I love that for them.
0: I love that. I, uh, uh, Nagin, how do you
2: feel? Wait, okay, they've been making fake news to help the Democrats.
1: Right, so So basically all the bullshit Russia does, but for our side.
2: But for our side. Oh, God, do I have to, like, uh, it's like, I like it if there's a good outcome, but I don't like it because it's, like, wrong. It's ethically wrong.
0: You got to play dirty.
2: It's dirt. No, I know, but we don't. We don't have to play dirty. Disagree. Uh, hard. Hard. Disagree. I'm like a goody two shoes when it comes to those things. I just want everyone to just do the right thing.
1: But they are not going to vis a vis making out with the male person. Yeah, they don't have a good moral compass. The bigger aspect, I guess, of the story
2: is the making out with a male person. Is it? <laughs>
1: I, it's up to you and your personal conscience.
2: It's funny because it's just such a short thing. It almost seems just like a novelty act that's like funny. Like,
1: <laughs> you know, it almost feels
2: like, oh, I decided to wear those shoes where each toe has its own slot. Like it's not. Oh! A, you know what I mean? It's I like, oh, that's w- I hate those too. They're so ugly. But I, it's like, it's almost like just like, that's weird. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you yeah, say they made out with so the a male, like, so male person. Like oh you're wearing those weird toe shoes that's weird like it's the same kind of weird to me uh, that I maybe would be like okay with so so wait so the question is what you what would you do with the cheater
1: yeah would you stay with this person or not I would stay Nagin
2: yeah I'm gonna stay but I'm gonna have like a nice sit down about like the ethics around um, sound campaigning
1: well we win the election but they leave you for someone at FedEx. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, You know what? Worth it. To me, worth it. <laughs> Agreed. <gasps> yeah,
2: just like well, you're just the one. Your relationship is just the casualty of the election. It's
1: okay. <laughs> oh, many, it's not a big many. deal. Our next game. Are they an alien or just rude? The volunteer at your polling station takes your ballot, reads it, points to one of your votes, and says, Are you sure about this? You can change it. <laughs> are they an alien or just rude?
2: I don't think they're either an alien or rude. I think they're just like a fun person who's like got an opinion.
1: You think that's fun? That's horrible to do to somebody. I think
2: I think it's technically illegal or whatever oh, for, for sure. a pol- for a polling place worker. Um but I also like the I mean it's intimidation and no one should be doing it. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> However, I also think it's fun that they that they have an opinion. Like if it was about your like hamburger order, then it would be really fun. But I guess because it's about your vote, um, it's potential intimidation, which means, well, then not only that they're rude, but that they're just, uh, you know, they're be- behaving outside the bounds.
0: Yeah, I'm going to say that they're uh, rude and that this probably does happen. And To be honest, I'll tell you what the truth is. They were
1: also a time traveler, and they knew that you were going to vote on the wrong side of history. What? Yep. (laughs) What am I voting for? City council. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Our final game. Left turn. Okay. (laughs) Are you a terrible parent? Your daughter, 15, refuses to take part in political activism, Because they're, quote, too young to even vote, so who cares, end quote. To teach her a lesson, you start to treat her like a woman would have been treated in the 1800s. She's no longer allowed to go to school or work at her part-time job. She basically becomes an unpaid servant in your home. After a week of this, your daughter agrees to help campaign for Elizabeth Warren. (laughs) Are you a terrible parent? <laughs> P.S. She misses an important midterm and ends up failing a class, but she can take it over in the summer, so it's not a big deal. Oh my God, you added so
2: many additional stakes to that in the last second. I got to. Look, is that just, is that like a cruel and unusual form of punishment, or is it reasonable? <laughs> you have a kid, Nagin. No, I guess it's cruel and unusual.
1: <laughs> it might be brilliant, though.
0: Okay, it's. Like, a, how long for a week she has to do it? Yeah. No big deal. And what if she decides at the end of it that she wants to campaign for, like, Bernie or Biden or something instead? Klobuchar. You know, that'd be, you know, I
2: would be okay with that. She's allowed to have her own candidate. Right. Uh, even though
1: the correct one, we all
2: know who that is. But is. Uh, uh,
0: we're going to get so many letters. Oh my God, are we?
1: I don't think so. We've yet to get one letter.
0: Yeah, I mean, we're going to... Look, if my Instagram's any indication, we're going to get in big trouble for any sort of Warren support. <laughs> uh, I think you are a good parent. Thank you. No, well, no, I, but, no, I, but, but wait.
1: Not you, but- the situation. <laughs>
2: Uh, Okay, but I will also take that compliment for myself. (laughs) Uh, No, wait. Wait, do we all agree, though, that this is an interesting form of punishment? It's sort of like no iPad for a week. I mean, right? It's like along
0: along those lines. It's just that.
1: It's denying them of all their freedoms that women have only gotten recently.
0: Yeah, politics uh, affects you, and the daughter needs to realize that. I mean, yeah, it is an interesting role-playing way of showing
2: <laughs> what women have achieved. Um, oh, I'm to- I'm torn on this one um uh, because like I you know, I need more specifics on exactly how this played out this form of punishment. Um, they but- had to
1: wear a corset. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I'm dying.
2: <sighs> I mean, I'm getting increasingly more uncomfortable with the details. Um, (laughs)
1: I'll just let you know the answer. You're an incredibly wonderful parent. And this is brilliant parenting. And I recommend it to all of our listeners. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us. Where can people find you?
2: Oh, my gosh. You guys, uh, subscribe to Fake the Nation, another Earwolf uh, Stitcher podcast. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at Nagin Farsad or on Instagram at Nagin Farsad. And I have a website, (laughs) NaginFarsad.com. And it's
0: N-E-G-I-N-F-A-R-S-A-D. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, guys.
1: Stick around after the break. We'll be talking all about kindness.
0: Why is it so important? How do we increase it in our own lives?
1: Welcome back to Just Between Us. It's time for Topics! X, 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 X.
0: Baby! I thought I'd I'd sing it a little at the end there. We should do a musical episode. That would be nuts. And
1: unbearable. (laughs) For our poor listeners' ears. We That would require so much writing and planning. No, I'm just saying we'd say everything we'd normally say, we'd just sing it. Nope,
0: <laughs> nope. I'm off. I'm off board now. Um, this week, I
1: wanted to talk about kindness. Uh, in what in what sense? Well, I've um, just been like thinking a lot about how to like improve your life and like how to make your day to day better. And I mm-hmm. think that being kind is one of the quickest and easiest ways to do so. Um, now, what do you mean by that? I have thoughts, but well. A big thing I've been, like, learning about in school is, like, how much not having strong social bonds can, like, really affect your health both mentally and physically. Yes. And so I'm now, like, approaching the world and everybody, like, assuming – Oh, what if this is one of like their only
0: interactions of the day? Oh, as in like it's a big leap for them to go out and do social things. Or
1: just like, yeah, like maybe they're really lonely or like they don't have good friends or good family. And so if my interaction with them could be nice and can be friendly and maybe I talk to them a little bit more than I would normally, you know, maybe that would actually have like a really positive impact on their day
0: oh
1: and a- obviously it's not like just me but i'm saying like if us as humanity all did that yeah then i think that would make like a really huge difference
0: well the key thing to me is empathy which i think uh there is a big lack of uh, in terms of everything in terms of voting in terms of um interactions with other people like i always you know if someone is speeding let's say and i see them cut me off mm-hmm. i i have tried very much in the last like few years to be like they're not an asshole they're they're on their way to the hospital because their mother is dying or they whether or not that's true but like extending the sort of complicated life and um circumstances and kindness and empathy to other people that i would uh hope would be extended to me for instance like you know i don't like when people are immediately jump to like, yelling at you if you're walking, you know, on your phone or whatever. Obviously, that's, like, you're not supposed to do that, and you might bump into someone or whatever. But, like, I don't know, what if that person is looking at their phone because they're waiting for a call from their loved one who's in Afghanistan? Like, who knows? You know what I mean? Giving
1: people the benefit of the doubt. Giving
0: people the benefit of the doubt and having... This sort of empathy where what they're doing is not a personal attack on you. Not everything that happens is a personal attack on you and that not everything that happens is like meant to make your day inconvenient um, because you're the only one that matters.
1: And I think that being kind to other people is, like, one of those things that, like, you pretend you're doing for someone else but actually has, like, huge positive effects on yourself. Like what? Just, like, if you're nice to someone, you're going to walk away, like, feeling better about that encounter than if you were a bitch to them.
0: Yeah. We always talked about, like, with customer service, like, just knowing that the other person – yes, you're having a tough time. Maybe your computer's not working or this is the wrong latte or whatever. But, like, the other person in this interaction is at work. And right. is also like going through some stuff and maybe having a tough day or maybe they got dumped last night or whatever. Or they
1: get yelled at all day. Or they get day yelled at people. all day.
0: So like going in and being like, hey, oh, man, like today sucks. And like, I'm sorry. And blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, is what can we do about this computer? Like just kind of assuming that people are on your side.
1: I think that the only tricky thing that comes with my new life plan is the safety danger of it. Yes. So sometimes especially women's kindness can be perceived as interest. Yes. And so that's like the fine line that I walk that I'm that I'm still trying to kind of figure out. And I don't think I'll ever like perfectly perfect the right
0: Yes. No, I'm. I'm. It's super unfortunate because I, my ex girlfriend loved to talk to anyone on the street. Would talk to anybody. Would would want to befriend strangers or anybody. Um, and a lot of times she would talk to men with like no fear. And there were twice that I can remember where she just like engaged with a man on the street and started talking to him when we were together and was like being just like friendly, not flirting or anything. And the guy like followed us down the street or like right. tried to follow us home. And I that that is that sucks cuz it is this thing where like you know like with in terms of catcalling where men are like hey good morning at some point i'm like yes they are just saying good morning and you can kind of like get that but other times you're like if i say good morning back am i going to get chased down the street
1: mm-hmm. like
0: you don't know like it sucks to have to like do, like think you know, rethink your kindness or worry about your kindness.
1: Yeah, so I think that the best approach is, like, number one is your safety. Yeah. And, like, listening to your gut and your instinct. And then, after, you know, and if you feel also, like, public places, you know, like, mm-hmm. might not be the best idea to be, like, super chatty and friendly when it's just you and a random guy on an abandoned street. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, like, a cashier at CVS, why not? <laughs> yeah. Um, and I just think it, it increases your mood. And I also think that A lot of times we feel like we can't make a difference and Mm -hmm. that all the problems in the world are too big for us to even begin to tackle. So like, what's the point? Whereas like just being kind to people does make a difference and does help people more than you probably know. And it's something that you can just do every single day without a big toll on yourself.
0: I love complimenting people. Oh, yeah. I love to compliment. Like I love being like, oh, your nails are so pretty or like oh, wow, like, that was that was really funny or whatever, you know? Like, I love to, in random interactions, include, like, a compliment because people always act, like, surprised. Like, they do not see it coming.
1: But just think about how you like to be treated. Isn't it so fun when someone's nice to you? <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> it makes
0: you feel great. Or just in interactions where you have the ability to help someone, mm-hmm. like, why, why not be like, oh, okay, like, well, how can we make this work?
1: I also think that, like, it really sets an example for the people around you. Like, my mom was always so good at, like, holding doors for people, helping mm. people with little things. And, like, that's just, like, how I learned to interact in the world. Mm-hmm. That, like, because she was so good at that and, like, being aware of other people in her space and and giving it a helping hand when she can, you know, and mm-hmm. it takes an extra second but it, like, really trickles down.
0: Now, if a man comes up to you and says that he has lost his puppy or that his arm is broken and he needs you to help him put stuff in a van, tell him to fuck off. That, there is a way in which they take advantage of your kindness to kidnap you. Sure. And, again, we are back at kidnapping. But don't take someone's groceries up to their apartment. They will murder you. Again, personal
1: safety comes first. <laughs> but I think. For a lot of us, especially those of us who are used to living in a big city, you can kind of decipher what's dangerous and what's not.
0: Talking to my neighbors has been interesting. Yeah, it's great. I love talking to my neighbors. My neighbors did a really cute thing where they were throwing a house party and they left invitations on all of our doors to say we could come to the house party. Did you go? No, I was already – where did I go? Oh, I went to an L Word screening party. But I would have loved to go to their house party. Yeah. Yeah. It was just very sweet. It was like a little note being like, hey, guys, like, you know, and also the the people in the front house um, threw a party and they made jam for everyone and then they left jam on everyone's doors in the complex being like, hey, sorry, our party is probably going to be loud. We made you jam.
1: So that would be an instance where I would not eat the jam.
0: Well, that is the <laughs> concern. Yeah, that we are being poisoned. Right. Um, but it was like a nice thought.
1: Uh, I would really encourage those of you who are like still in school to like reach out to the person who's sitting alone Mm -hmm. or to like ask people to join you you know like why not that could like completely change that person's week you have no idea.
0: Yeah, there is a lot of stuff in, like, group conversations at parties and stuff or whatever where you see someone being left out. And Mm -hmm. it's, like, just open the circle.
1: Open the circle. Ask them a question. Just, like, be a little more cognizant of what's going on around you and how someone else might be experiencing the same moment. And, like, how you can make it better for them.
0: I mean, it is hard for me because I think I'm built um, defensively. Like, I think I... And built sort of like leave me alone and I'll leave you alone. Like I think that's my um, default setting is to sort of just be like let me just get through this and get through the the whole the day and the interaction and, um, and I, I'll leave you alone and you'll leave me alone. And that's tough and I think has also made uh, it hard for me with intimacy because mm. I'm like I, I don't want I don't know why I, I maybe I'm maybe just fear. But there's or it's
1: just not natural for
0: you. So no, it's, it's like not. a muscle you have to work on. No, it's not natural. And sometimes when I see people like interacting with each other in that way, I feel like I'm studying it like an alien. <laughs> I'm a big, big case of is this an alien or just rude. Where I'm like, <laughs> what are they doing? They're doing this. Okay, why are they doing this? Okay, interesting. Yeah, but you can always then adapt your behavior. And I it's try to. observational learning. Is that true?
1: I think so. Yeah, you learn through what other people are doing.
0: I think you can observe what other people are doing and how it makes people feel and then take that in. And I also think you have to extend the same sort of courtesy to other people as you would want extended to you. Absolutely. Other people have rich inner lives. You're not the only one. That's
1: so true and something we all forget. Mm -hmm. Unless I'm just an entity floating in space and you're all imaginary
0: whoa see now sometimes on this show it's like oh gabby's the weird one or whatever like gabby has you know the problems or whatever but you just said you think that you're an entity floating in space and i didn't
1: say i think that i said i might be tamika come Uh on in so what do we think do you think you're just an
3: entity floating in
1: space tamika i've never
3: given that any thought
1: (laughs) so i don't know well Um, now believe me you will
0: Allison thinks sometimes that um, everyone is like a simulation. No, just because my mom
1: put that in my head when I was like eight. It really fucked me up. Oh.
0: We've talked about this before on the the channel. uh, And so I feel bad for your mom because she must really regret saying that. I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, what harm could it do?
1: If I brought that up to her right now, she'd go, yeah, but how would I know? (laughs) How would you know? (laughs) So what did we
0: think of the episode? I rate it... Um, I
3: rate it twenty out of twenty candidates. <laughs> oh, clever. Thanks. I rate it five out of five random acts of kindness. Oh, that's very sweet. I feel like you're a very kind person. Thank you. I actually go back and forth between trying to think every day to remind myself to do something kind. Like having days where I just have positive thinking and so I feel better and I'm naturally more kind. Mm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I was going to ask you guys if we could give the listeners what you tell yourself. Like if you're having a bad day or a rough day, what do you tell yourself to remind yourself to be kind?
0: I try to imagine um, when I was in other circumstances that were worse or something. Like, So I run out of gas frequently, uh, which is just a problem I have. And uh, I saw people on the side of the road that had run out of gas that were like looking for dollars or whatever for it. And I was like, oh, that happens to me. So then I I gave them money, but like I was not necessarily in a mood where I was like, la, 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 gonna go around and help everyone. And it felt like that was a sign. Like, you know, like you're being a little bit like in your head about your own minutia, which is uh, bullshit and also like champagne problems. And here's some people that... This happens to you all the time. Remember how much that sucks? Um, And so I feel like sometimes the universe will slap you upside the head.
1: And just, like, remembering that, like, not everybody is as lucky in terms of, like, having the rich, like, relationships that I have, like, with my family and my partner and my friends. And so um, I think whenever I realize that, I'm like, oh, okay, let's be kind. You know, like, that's Mm -hmm. something that, like, always shocks my system because it's so sad.
0: Mm -hmm. And also, like... Taking into account that people like to be invited places. A lot of times people won't come, but they will. They maybe will enjoy the invitation. I like to be included. I like to not go, but I also (laughs) like to be included. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Yeah.
1: What did we learn on the episode?
0: I learned that. I mean, I, I mean, I already sort of knew this, but that a lot of the candidates uh, I-, I think I see the discourse on Twitter being like, they're so different and every candidate is so different. And like, how could you ever like this one if you like this one? And Nagin, who's like worked in policy, was just like, it's not that different. So like <laughs> I-, I truly appreciated that because I think we all need to get on um, the same page, which is like, get Trump out of office. Mm hmm.
1: I couldn't believe that thing that we're so close to getting rid of the Electoral College in a sneaky roundabout way.
0: I know. I had no idea
1: about that. That's uh, so smart and I wish more people knew about it.
0: Yeah. Alright, well we're gonna look into that
3: deeply. Deeply. What'd you learn, Tamika? Um, I think I got some really good advice at like balancing relationships and friendships, but yeah, I have to listen back to take some notes because I thought that was a really good segment. Thank you. <laughs> oh, thank you. Wow, thank you so much.
0: Um, my, uh, funniest part was, um, teaching the daughter about voting (laughs) by, uh, making her wear a corset, question mark, question mark, question mark. (laughs) I think that's one of my best ones.
1: It's pretty good. It's a pretty good parenting technique. I
3: love how uh, Nagin basically didn't know whether to take it seriously. Yeah, (laughs) people do that. People go back and
0: forth of like, am I supposed to do jokes, but then they really want to answer it? (laughs) You've created a a very um, brain-fuddling game, Allison. That's how I like to leave you, fuddled. (laughs)
1: Thank you to Nagin Farsad for being our guest Just Between Us is hosted by me, Allison Raskin And me, Gabby Dunn Our engineer is Brendan Burns He also
0: composed our killer theme music Our producer is Tamika Weatherspoon And our supervising producer is Josephine Martirana Our executive producer is Chris Bannon Just Between Us is a production of Stitcher Vote! Oh god, please vote Vote!
3: Stitcher.